Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. This is Shannon, and I'm your host, and you're listening to the Goddess Morning Show podcast, where you can tune in every weekday morning for an approximately 20-minute long episode to start your day with updates on things that matter to a community of awake and conscious individuals who seek the divine feminine in all we do. We sift through all the copious amounts of information on the internet to bring you news and information on the things that matter to you. Tune in to hear about environmental news and book releases, interviews with thought leaders influencing the awakening of humanity, the moon phases, planetary positions, crystal healing, herbal and holistic health, guidance on green living, and that's just naming a few. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on right now. Be blessed. Namaste. Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. This is the Goddess Morning Show, and I am your host, Shannon. Today, it is April 10th, 2020, and it is Friday. Our first article is Jump Starting Your Regular Practice by Astrea. And this article was written on November 27th of 2017, posted on patheos.com. It says, although you could live a long time as a pagan without rituals, I don't recommend it. It's sort of like driving a car and deciding to shift it to neutral. Coasting could feel fun for a while. It's certainly less work. And as long as you're going downhill, you'll still be moving. You'll probably even feel the wind in your hair, at least for a little while. However, Once the potential energy runs out, you can get stuck very easily. When we allow our spiritual practices to coast, we might not like where we end up. We might find ourselves in a crappy neighborhood, in the lowlands. Stressors can compound. It's easy to make bad choices when we're stressed out and feel like we have few choices. When the car won't start up again, summits can seem insurmountable. If we feel we can't escape, we might decide to find a place to live in the lowlands. I'm saying all of this from personal experience. Living without a spiritual practice led me, unknowingly, down a dark path. Fears crept into my subconscious, and I took them on without questioning whether I believed in them or not. I felt alone spiritually. So how do we end up in the spiritual lowlands? Life happens. We have to work, take care of our bodies and homes, tend to our partners, friends, and family. All this takes a lot of time. When additional responsibilities show up, time can pass by faster than we like. The evaporation of time can be imperceptible. Before you know it, you may have missed a full moon or a Sabbath, or maybe a crisis happens, disrupting regular life. This can take many forms, such as death of a loved one, an accident, natural disasters like hurricanes, floods, or earthquakes, and of course, I'm adding this in here, the coronavirus, These are all encompassing crises that take over our lives. When when this happens, anything not related to survival can fall by the wayside. Or maybe your coven had problems. Maybe you didn't vibe with them anymore. Maybe there perhaps is a problematic person that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Or if you're a solitary practitioner, you might find it harder to commemorate the Sabbaths with a satisfying ritual. If there's no one reminding you of the date or planning a ceremony, you might run the risk of dialing it in. It can be so easy to merely think a happy thought on the full moon and carry on. That's what I did for quite some time, 
Only happy thoughts go, don't go very far. The first step in recovering your practice is to realize it has slipped. When was the last time you celebrated a moon or sun cycle? Why has it been so long? At this point, it's important to set an intention to get back into practice no matter what phase the moon is in. Look toward the next moon or sun cycle. Even if you don't feel like you can do anything, mark it on your calendar anyway. It's important to realize that we often need divine intervention the most when we're the busiest. We need to reinvigorate when we're spending our energy like it's free, when we're scrambling to go to this meeting or that, when we're setting up appointments between coffee, lunches, and amongst almost empty gas tanks. Taking a moment to connect is crucial. Do everything you can to prioritize your coming back ritual over any other events on that same day. Say no or reschedule other events if you must. Keep your ritual plans. Over the next few days, weeks, think about your celebration day. What does that specific holiday mean to you? Figure out a way to work your intention into the Sabbath. Or if it's a new moon, set your intentions to renew your spiritual practice. If it's a full moon, release anything holding you back from performing your spiritual work. You may want to purchase or gather anything that helps you connect to the ritual, like a new candle or a bouquet of wildflowers or herbs. When the day comes, show up and do the work. Write down how you feel afterward. You may be surprised at your emotions. Other ways to get in the spirit again include the following. You can join an online group that's local and take part in their next online ritual. You can catch up on social media with people in pagan communities. You can even create a fake name. You might find that other people can inspire you to delve deeper, or maybe you'll discover something new that will inspire you. Get real and honest. Maybe you've evolved so much that your Patreon deity doesn't suit you anymore. Celebrate yourself where you are and where you want to be, and be open to growth, possibly with a new god or goddess. Do research. Buy new pagan books and read them cover to cover. Look up rituals and gods on the internet. Research a ritual that might help you get back your spirit. Go to therapy if you need to. This is a no-brainer, but if you're feeling stuck, there's nothing like talking to a therapist to help you sort things out. Especially if you've been coasting for a while, it might be time to dive deep. There's no shame in therapy. I've been there, and several of the most well-adjusted people I know have gone as well. The trap that I've fallen into at this stage is slipping back into a busy life and forgetting to plan ahead. This kind of sporadic practice is what I call fix-it ritual, or the band-aid approach. In this state, one appeals to the gods only when there's something wrong, or when it's convenient. While this sloppy practice might be good enough so that we can still set intentions and manifest, it's usually not enough to truly form a bond with our beloved deities. If you don't show up for ritual to celebrate the gods very often, do you think that they're really going to listen very often? If If we only practice when things are really bad, we run the risk of looking like whiners to our beloved gods and no one wants to be that person. If we only ask for growth in the darkest of places, we miss the beautiful upward and inward spirals of spiritual evolution that can happen when we're feeling good. That's why the next step is crucial. Plan ahead for the next ritual. Once you get back into the ritual swing of things, keep it up. Mark the next date on your calendar. 
Better yet, buy a pagan calendar that has the moon and sun holy days already marked on it. There are tons of great pagan calendars out there, and your purchase will support a pagan business. Best of all, you'll have never have to look up the time or aspects again for that year. They'll already be in your calendar, clearly marked, and prioritized. Build a baseline. Once you've started your metaphorical spiritual engine and the juices are flowing, create a regular practice again as sort of a baseline. Decide what works for you. For me, it's celebrating the new moon, full moons, and the solar will of the year. That's enough for me to feel reinvigorated and sow my intentions that cast away what I don't need on a regular basis. Regular practice is like the fluids in our autos. The more we upkeep the maintenance, the longer we'll have the car, and the more agreeable the car will be to us getting in and getting everyday places, getting to everyday places as well as up that giant hill and to the next gathering. Regular practice helps reconnect us to the cycles of the earth, our own internal rhythms, our evolving desires, and our sense of self. When we connect with our gods, we have a strong foundation to stand upon when things go awry. Ritual elevates everyday life to a more fully lived life. Don't wait for things to get really bad, like I did, before coming back. Rest if you must, but keep moving forward. If you can't run, if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. In the immortal words of Martin Luther King Jr. All right, and our next episode, uh, I'm sorry, our next uh, article comes to us from mindbodygreen.com, and it's 13 Foods to Help Ease Anxiety and Stress, and this article was written by William Cole, who is a chiropractor, and it was last updated September 5th of 2019. It says anxiety disorders affect about 40 million American adults, which is about 18% of the U.S. adult population, with research suggesting that 30% of American adults will qualify for an anxiety disorder diagnosis at some point in their lives. I often see people who are struggling with anxiety and are taking medications to manage it. When they come see me, they either don't like how they feel on the pharmaceuticals or they want to address the underlying cause and eventually get off the medications. Functional medicine acknowledges that the body is interconnected and we have to address the underlying dysfunctions that give rise to conditions like anxiety. Eating a balanced diet full of nutrient-rich bioavailable foods can help you manage those dysfunctions and ease anxiety. Here's a list of 13 foods that are used to address common underlying dysfunctions that contribute to stress and anxiety disorders. Number one, oysters. Research has correlated an imbalance of zinc to copper with anxiety. This trace mineral ratio is responsible for proper neurotransmitter function and adaptation to stress. Increased copper and decreased zinc may lead to symptoms of anxiety. I run trace mineral labs for my patients to see if this is a factor in their case. If it is, oysters are packed with zinc. This superfood of the sea is a great way to balance the proper trace mineral ratio and your stress levels. It's also important to note that foods like grains and legumes contain phytic acid, an anti-nutrient that can bind to zinc and block its absorption. Oysters are also a good source of iron, and low iron levels have been associated with anxiety and depression, even without clinical anemia. Number two, chamomile tea. 
Sip on the natural anti-anxiety medicine for its natural calming effect. Chamomile tea soothing powers have been known for centuries and modern science now backs the connection. In one study, the mild tea was shown to significantly decrease anxiety symptoms in just a few weeks. Number three, Rebos tea. Rebos, or African red bush tea, is a delicious way to bring calm to your day. This naturally sweet, caffeine-free tea is packed with antioxidants. Plus, researchers believe it may have a balancing effect on cortisol, the body's main stress hormone. Number four, full-fat kefir. In functional medicine, the gut is considered the second brain because it's home to 95% of your feel-good hormone, serotonin. With more than 100 million neurons, your gut's health is essential to overall health. Bacterial imbalances in the gut can alter brain chemistry, leading to anxiety. But probiotics from fermented foods or supplements can help repopulate your gut with friendly bacteria. And kefir, an ancient fermented dairy drink, might just be the most powerful probiotic ever. Kefir also has fat-soluble vitamins A, D, and K2, all important for brain health. Number five, turkey. You know that tired feeling people get after Thanksgiving dinner? It's actually from the tryptophan in the turkey. Tryptophan is a precursor to the neurotransmitter serotonin, which helps you to feel calm. Low levels of dietary tryptophan have been associated with mood swings, anxiety, and depression in animal studies. Consuming a diet high in tryptophan, especially from meat, has been shown to reduce anxiety disorders. Number six, turmeric. Curcuminoids, the, anti the antioxidants in turmeric, have neuroprotective qualities and can help enhance your mood. Number seven, organ meats. If you eat meat, organ meats are some of the best sources of zinc and vitamin D, essential nutrients needed for beating anxiety. Liver is also abundant in B vitamins, which are needed for methylation, a metabolic process in the body that is responsible for proper synthesis of neurotransmitters that regulate mood. Homocysteine levels and MTHFR mutations are two tests that I run to ensure optimal neurotransmitter metabolism and methylation. Number eight, avocados. This superfruit is great for brain health and anxiousness. They contain potassium, which helps naturally lower blood pressure. Avocados also contain beneficial B vitamins and monounsaturated fats that are needed for neurotransmitter and brain health. Number nine, dark chocolate. Science has vindicated chocolate lovers everywhere. A randomized placebo-controlled trial published in the Journal of Psychopharmacology revealed that people who drank a dark chocolate drink equal to about one and a half ounces of dark chocolate per day felt calmer than those who did not. The stress-relieving powers of dark chocolate may be due to their high flavonoid content. These antioxidants stimulate blood flow to the brain, which may improve cognition and mood. Number 10, asparagus. This sulfur-rich vegetable contains the specifically beneficial B vitamin folate. Low levels of folate are linked to a neurotransmitter impairment, which can lead to anxiety. A one-cup serving provides almost 20% of the recommend recommended daily allowance for folate. It also contains moderate amounts of potassium, which can lower blood pressure. Number 11, adaptogenic herbs. One common culprit of stress I find in my patients is dysfunction in the hormone signaling pathway called the brain-adrenal axis. 
The adrenal glands are responsible for regulating many hormonal jobs in the body, including secretion of cortisol, a stress hormone. Chronic stress can overstimulate the adrenals, leading to adrenal fatigue, a condition that can cause fatigue, irritability, and brain fog. In addition, stress hormones like cortisol can cause serotonin receptors to become less sensitive to activation. Adaptogens are a class of ancient healing herbs that are that support normal cortisol levels and enhance the body's ability to manage stress. Try ashwagandha, rhodiola, or holy basil to help support brain adrenal function and calm your stress response. Number 12, leafy greens. If you struggle with stress and anxiety, go for the greens. Plant foods like Swiss chard and spinach are rich in magnesium, the natural chill pill. Magnesium is essential for the proper functioning of GABA receptors in the brain. GABA, short for gamma-aminobutric acid, is your body's calm-down signal, promoting relaxation and managing stress. Magnesium also helps regulate the brain-adrenal access for added stress support. Number three, fatty meat. Inflammation is another important factor when it comes to brain health and anxiety. And one way to fight that is healthy fats. Omega-3 fats, the healthy fats, are essential for healthy hormones, brain function, and keeping inflammation at bay. Not only that, but omega-3 fats have been shown to decrease stress. Omega-rich foods like Alaskan salmon and grass-fed beef can also help decrease inflammation and keep cortisol and adrenaline from spiking. All right, so another article from mindbodygreen.com says the study finds key to being calm in scary situations. And this article was written by Christina Coughlin on February 2nd of this year. And it says whether it's watching a scary movie, driving late at night, or preparing for a big public speech, we all have situations that can make us anxious or scared. Researchers are looking for different ways to treat these feelings with a recent study identifying safety signals as an option for dealing with anxiety. A new study published in the journal Proceedings of the Royal Society B, Biological Science, has found that the key to decreasing fear can be as simple as the presence of another person. Researchers in Germany conducted an experiment in which women listened to either fearful sounds, such as human cries or neutral sounds, like water splashing, through headphones while their responses were measured through their skin resistance. Previous research has shown that when a person is anxious or fearful, the electrical conductivity of their skin actually changes. The scientists looked to see if the presence of another person in the room when the, when the participant listened affected their response to the fearful stimuli. The person was not allowed to speak with the participant, but was just instructed to stand nearby. The data showed that the presence decreased fear in participants. Our, research, our results show that fear and the resulting psychological tension can be reduced by the mere presence of another person, even if this person is unknown and does not provide active support, says researcher Grit Hine, PhD. One interesting aspect of the study was the fact that a person whose presence was needed didn't have to be a familiar face. The presence alone was enough. Race, age, and other factors did not change the outcome. Interestingly, the anxiety-reducing effect was stronger when the subjects perceived the other person as less similar, probably because they assumed that the other person, unlike themselves, was not afraid, says Hein. 
Because the study only measured the effect of women, researchers intend to conduct more experiments with both men and women to see if the results are the same. According to Hine, there are hints from stress research that the gender of the present person could play a role. They plan to see how the presence of a man affects a woman's fear, woman affects man, and all the different combinations. The researchers from this study are hopeful that more experiments like this will provide information that could help treat people with different kinds of anxiety disorders. The more ways we can find options for treatment, the better. All right, that's today's episode. I hope everyone out there is staying safe and healthy, and I wish you all brightest blessings. Namaste. This episode of the Goddess Morning Show is brought to you by From Ashes We Rise To.com, where you can get wellness coaching using holistic methods of healing, purchase our handcrafted, custom blended, organic, non GMO herbal teas that are crafted with love, and also order hand poured soy candles infused with love and pure essential oils and herbs to heal using aromatherapy. Visit our website at fromasheswerise2.com. That's fromasheswerise with the number 2.com to read more about these products and services. Have a blessed day.